Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 254 of 15 with Randy and Jeff. This week we continue on with some amazing springtime weather. I know there's some friends of mine listening that are up north that are going, I hate you right now because it's still cold. <laughs> it's st-. And I say, don't don't think that Florida's not unpredictable because right before we started taping, I was relaying a story of my horrendous weekend on the Harley Davidson in some of the most inclement weather I have ever ridden in and ridden in for so many miles and for so long. It was horrible. But today was a little redemption. It was a beautiful, gorgeous, sunny day here in central Florida. So, uh, And then if we can just get past, I was hoping all that rain would have the pollen gone, but clearly, clearly not gone yet. So, you know, we have our own, our own axes to grind with Mother Nature. So it's not always, you know, sunny in Florida. Or was it sunny in Philadelphia? Something. One, one of the places are always <laughs> supposed to be, always supposed to be sunny. But anyway, this week it was number two in our series, Following Jesus Beyond the Cross. And you always think about, we, we start a new series and you think about where these might be going. And I certainly didn't see us starting off with a thief on the cross. And even further, I didn't see us going with Peter, but I'm glad that we did. Because to me, I think Peter is my favorite Bible character. Because, yeah. because to me, he's as relatable a character, at least to me and my personality. He's got this, you know, not and then I say he's got this dynamic character. That makes it sound like I'm, <laughs> no, maybe that's not the part that I see in him and me. But he does. He has this almost larger than life dynamic character. And he's really a natural born leader. And Jeff, early on, you said no one could have accused Peter of standing back and not being assertive enough. If there were wallflowers among Jesus' disciples, Peter was not one of them. Everything Jesus offered, Peter wanted in. And when you see someone who may not be, you know, they might be a little more introverted and they feel like they're missing out because— they see the extroverts and they seem to be having fun or they, you know, we always wish we were maybe a little more of one or the other than we actually are. But some people really long for that type of zeal for something, anything sometimes, let alone to be that sold out for God as Peter was. And yet there's so much that Peter gets wrong and you go, oh, no, Peter, Peter, all this, all this energy the wrong way. And, and yet and that's where I think we relate to him. How do we find a balance in being Peter? You know, and, and well, finding this out. Yeah, I think that's the piece that uh, we. First of all, we don't have to find. We don't have to find anything more than what they are. I, you know, that's the fun piece to all of this. As I, as you, as you realize, following Jesus is literally about how you follow Jesus as he reveals himself to you. Peter's just a great example of, uh, you know, of about humanity who get it right sometimes and who get it <laughs> really wrong sometimes. And and so we watch Peter. And the nice thing about Peter is that he gives us these, these snippets of, he just blurts it out. You know, we, it's not like we have to guess or wonder where Peter's at. He just like, he just throws it at us and helps us understand. So in that respect, you know, studying the life of Peter is like studying the life of ourselves inward and outwardly. So that kind of, that feels good. Yeah, I, I can't help but just laugh. I'm trying to contain it because <laughs> that is literally the part that I have been told by so many people that, like, if you're a Bible character, you're Peter. 
because you have no filter. You just, yeah. and, I, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a time, <clears throat> correction, there was a time in my life where there was absolutely zero filter. I will admit to that. That was, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of things came out of my mouth that I am not proud of. Okay. But now you might think I don't have a filter, but this is this filter is like a thousand percent improved over what it used to be. <laughs> right. And so I, I find myself that same way when you get excited about something and, you know, you talk about God to people. And I, I've got friends from all walks of life that know I'm a Christian and know for, and knew the me that didn't have a filter for so many years as not a Christian. And they go, who in the world is this person? And <laughs> then you try to dial back that Peter a little bit, because if you come out guns blazing with all that excitement, you almost seem a little crazy. Right. And, and, right. And so I think there's a that's where I seem to find or I seem to think or look at myself and go, where's the balance in me that can figure out how? Because I know I'm going to be the other Peter way too often that gets things wrong. And, you know, that that just it, it seems like we need to find or maybe it's just me, but I need to find some way to just balance and even that out a little bit. Well, and that's why I think, the, and maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I think that's why the story, the last, very last story that John tells in his gospel, which is literally the last gospel that we have, is about this exchange between Peter and Jesus. Actually, I didn't share this in the, in the sermon, but it's the time where Peter points over to John. I mean, John's listening. John writes this down, it, and Peter's, because Jesus is telling Peter, Look, well, you know, of course, he goes through that exchange of, you know, feed my sheep. And I didn't really mention a whole lot about how God uses the different words for love as he's asking mm. Peter, feed my sheep. Nice. And, and he's helping Peter understand, look, Peter, it's not that hard. Your heart will guide you in this. All I want you to do is feed sheep. That's all I want you to do. It's like, it's like you knew how to fish for fish. All I want you to do now is feed my sheep, be the shepherd, be the shepherd who brings his sheep. You don't even have to get down on your hands and knees and, and teach them how to eat. They know how to do it already. Just feed them, just give, show them the grass. So he's telling him all this, but if he, he's ready to tell Peter now. He's saying, by the way, you know, this is, this is going to be part of how you not only live your life, but this is going to be your life all the way to the end. In other words, you're, this, is, this is going to be how you live your life to the end. And he kind of, in a way, foretells Peter's death, in a way. And Peter knows it. He's saying, in other words, th this is how your life is going to end, too. You're going to, this is how you're going to go forward. And, and Peter points to John, and he says, but uh, but what about him? How, how is he going to die? You know, kind of a thing. <laughs> and Jesus says, you know, what is it to you? How John? You know, how I how I foresee John's life living. You live your life, yeah. and that's exactly what he's saying. He says, you do what you do, and I think that's the point that he's trying to help us all understand: is our following of Jesus is exactly the way in which he wants us to feed sheep. Too, he reveals himself as he as we follow. We get a chance to just share what we know. We don't have to be theologians. We just share our story. We can't go wrong sharing our story of yeah. who he is to us. So It's the one we know best besides. It's yeah. the one we're the experts on. 
But, you know, there were so many things that go through. And as great as so many as Peter is in so many ways, you know, you have in Matthew, you mentioned that Jesus tells him, you're a stumbling block to me. Oh, man. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And I love what you wrote. You said those were hard words to hear. Peter, who believed he was always acting with the best of intentions, though not always well thought through, (laughs) which was perfect. He believed his heart was still in it for the right cause. And I think to myself, when you see Peter and you read those, maybe it's just me, but a lot of times I'll get choked up reading about Peter because the sincerity and yeah. as sold out as he is, and he's just he's all in, and he just wants to make this happen. He just wants to to help Jesus, you know, set up this kingdom. Of course, he has all the details pretty much wrong, but it's not for a <laughs> lack of being excited and just and loving God, truly loving Jesus. And I think to myself, how often am I off the mark, and am I doing things for the right reason? And the right cause, I mean, because clearly just because we're excited and we're devoted isn't enough if we're off track, because then we're not really feeding the sheep. We're we're leading them astray, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the part that I think Jesus helps us to see is that, you know, and Andy mentioned this actually in 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 a series just before this one. And that is, you know, Peter walks on the water. He thinks he's flying high <laughs> and, and he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And I think that's yeah. the piece is that it's really easy for us to start feeling like, yeah. hey, you think about the keys to the kingdom. I'm going to get, you know, I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. And then literally the next sentence Jesus is calling him Satan. And, and and by the way, and we have to understand the context of that because we always look at that as being, boy, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. But, you know, it's a sense of helping Peter remember that I've already told you this story, Peter. Don't be a Satan is what he's basically saying. I've already told you what it was like in the wilderness. I've already gone through that. Don't get in my way. This is still about me, not about you. Well, and I often think to myself, Because I'll look back at my life and I can look back at my week and I can go, oh, man, there's a walk on water story right there. Yeah. Here's here's my time where I stepped out and said, man, I got this. And then you you feel like maybe God put someone in your path, whether it's virtually or, you know, social media, it's in person. And then you totally, totally, your words don't come out right. You're maybe you're a little like Peter, and you're just you're just going for it because you're you're like, man, I I feel like God wants me to do this, and you're excited about it, and you you've thought about it, you've prayed about it, and then it just comes apart, and it's like, what part did I miss from A to B to finish this off? And it totally it turns out wrong, and you go, yep, that's a walk on water moment for me. <laughs> And we have Peter to thank for that, right? So, you know, in a way, I'm I'm glad. Like again, it's just someone that I resonate with a lot. So, you know, maybe this isn't as prevalent for for all people, but there's so many times I've looked at my life that way and just go, "Oh man!" I mean, Jesus was pretty clear, and he was. I'm sure he was clear with me. I'm sure it was something on my end or something I thought was clear because <laughs> this totally did not work. So much of it, and yet. The, the following parts of, of Peter, we know them very well. Why even give me the keys? Why talk about the keys if it all ends this way? Jesus, he denies him three times. And 
the crowing three times and he knows it. He doesn't even have to think about it. He knows it. He realizes that Jesus knew that Jesus knew prior to that. And he knew through that whole time then that Jesus knew I was going to do this, that this was how I was going to totally blow it. And then, of course, he's dead. I can't even make amends for it. What did it all matter? But then finally through, like, just, I can't imagine, as you closed your message, you were talking about the exchange of Jesus. Do you love me? You know, three times, but do you love me? And he realizes that Jesus didn't need, and he didn't want his protection. He didn't want this perceived macho need for revolution against the Romans. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna take over. Peter just simply realizes when he says, Peter, do you love me? And he said, now he moves Peter past his own self-pity, his own feelings of inadequacy to help him see he's vital to this calling, not his sword, not his protection, not even his connections. You said, Jesus wanted him, his rich, beautiful, boisterous self. Oh (laughs) man, do I love that in my screen right now, that is bolded, italicized and in a different color because that is a beautiful statement, but then the question becomes, how do we find what Jesus wants in us? What is our rich, beautiful, boisterous self in us that we need to to figure out, like, like Peter did? Well, I don't think that Peter fully—you know, it's, it's a journey. I don't think Peter fully got it. Even, even we're seeing, even at, at that, that little breakfast, uh, the exchange between Jesus and Peter, I don't think we always get it. Because because we we're always running this this gauntlet that on one side is you know is our self pride and our self exaltation and aggrandizing ourselves and the other side is this self loathing this this sometimes feelings of inadequacy and and so we're constantly going back and forth between these things yeah. and and Jesus is saying no he said. Uh, I will, those things I will take care of. I, I still want you. This is who you are. And what, you know, what's really interesting about it is, is that the things that we sometimes, I don't want to say laugh, but in a sense, they're laughable pieces of Peter's life were the very pieces that in time, you know, became strengths. In other words, you take those things and they have good other sides to them. So Peter actually becomes this person that is in down the road is this person who becomes one of the greatest leader. Well, maybe the greatest leader our church has ever seen the Christian church because he, he in a way uh, starts the, this, not just in his preaching, not just in his words, but just who he is, creates this beautiful church that Jesus knew long before Peter did. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Well, and that is just, I mean, you go from heartbreaking, because to me, that is just heartbreaking because I'm feeling and I'm thinking about what he's feeling, knowing what he just, what he had just done. And how yeah. and how he had done it. And then, you know, it's like, why do you keep asking me if I love you, if I keep saying yes, and you keep giving me these feed my sheep things and, you know, and then <laughs> and then you, you just I can feel it. You just inside you got to he's got to be just dying inside. And then Jesus finishes up, but that he wanted him and his rich beautiful. Oh, that was so good. Okay. Before we get to our whole life takeaway, I just want to get a quick question that was asked live online during this past week's 
first service at Whole Life Church. It's called The Loop. And we we mentioned it before. We were two weeks. We did not have The Loop. That was we had Andy's retirement uh, extravaganza that kind of took over the weekend. Oh, that's right. And then we yeah. had Easter. And so we had postponed the loop for two weeks. And this week it was back and it was great. And so I want to encourage you each Sabbath morning at 930, we are live at wholelife.church slash live. And you can catch the loop. It's an interactive service where we want to engage you with questions and participation and make it feel like we're all together because we are. We're trying to really pull that together and make sure that we're connecting with those that tune into the service online. And we had questions that went out. I actually was on a roving mic this week. We kind of are trying out some new features. Well, one of the questions, and I'm not sure if it got asked or not, but Denise Butler was sitting next to her husband, Russ, who asked, are we supposed to be both shepherds and sheep? Because it gets a little confusing when, you know, he's telling Peter, well, yeah, feed my sheep, but you're also my sheep because you're my disciple, and then we're going to replicate. So are we all becoming more sheep, or who's leading this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that's that's actually, that's an interesting piece because that is actually a, a piece that church and Christendom have had to deal with for the last 2,000 years, right? Yeah. It's an interesting study. It's in Ephesians, and I want to say it's Ephesians 3, and I— don't think that's right, but ah uh, man, it it's for the for the building up of the saints. Uh, oh yeah, I'm just trying to think. What is uh... it? Is an interesting text. It's uh, it's Ephesians, but I can't remember. I think it's in four. Anyway, it, yes, it's Ephesians four twenty nine. So Ephesians four twenty nine. If you read it in the King James version, okay. Um, that's not something uh, I normally do, but I'll I will check it out. There. Yeah. No, it's 412. I'm just seeing it here. It says, it says, if you read in the King James Version, it'll say, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of Jesus Christ. We're familiar with that text. Right. Because, you know, we've seen it done for different things. You know, some are pastors, some are preachers, some are teachers, some are evangelists, and so forth. But if you go into the next, if you go like to the international version, it changes that word for the perfecting of the saints. It changes it for the equipping of his people. Mm, okay. When we realize back years and years and years ago, before we had the finding of the Dead Sea Scrolls and so on, that word was translated as perfecting, meaning we are the clergy up here. You're the simple parishioners. Oh. <laughs> and and we're the shepherds. We're the ones that God have, has called. And there was always this distinction, called, and then those that are called, those are the ones that are now shepherds that God wants. And so we made this transition of sheep to now shepherd. Gotcha. But that was never, ever, it was, so if you go back to the real translation of that word, it's much more about equipping, preparing, like being that. a part, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so when does that happen? Uh, to be honest with you, it's interesting. The woman at the well, Jesus said to her, go back and tell, you know, tell <laughs> the people of your village who what yeah. you've seen. So here's a sheep, brand new sheep, gets to be a shepherd. In a sense, right? Yeah, I like yeah. that. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter what role we play as long as we play whatever Jesus lays out before us. 
and yeah. and when that becomes one versus the other, maybe it's interchangeable. Maybe you go from sheep to shepherd at some points and back to sheep. And but I thought that was an interesting question, and I love it because well, leave it to Russ. Yeah, to come yeah. to come up with a question like that, but the the loop was really good this week, and I would you can still catch yeah, it online. It was, it was fun. Uh, it's in the archives on our website. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on Facebook. And the questions that were asked, we weren't going to go through all those, but that people that were tuned in were asking were really really good, and it's been a great way for us to engage together as a community, getting to ask questions real live time, just like we do here on the on the uh, podcast. Except we don't have you live here. So it's a way for you to do that. And then we'd like to pick some that don't get answered in the time frame we have at The Loop. So we'll always do that here on the following week of the podcast. So our whole life takeaway this week asked, Jesus asks us to follow. However, following is about discipleship and discipleship is about replicating. How does that fit with your view of following? And I thought about it and, you know, yeah. early on and for years I used to think of a disciple as just being the follower. That, that's the definition, you know, trying to mimic Jesus to the best of my ability. I never thought about replicating. But then the first time it's kind of presented to you and you understand, then it became terrifying. Oh, no. I mean, there's, I, I don't have to just try to keep myself in line, so to speak. I don't have to just try to work on myself. People, you realize, though, that people are watching you and you know that. And and I know, and I knew, and I still know how horrible I am at even the following part. So how can you lead if you consistently aren't following, <laughs> if you aren't following? <laughs> so, you know, I still struggle sometimes with that, you know, what Jesus wants in me at times. But listening for Jesus, and really it's been the last couple of years. Thank you, Richard Hickam, for inviting me to, this is the second run through the Bible we've done on a daily devotion using the, the YouVersion app. And that has been probably the thing that has helped the most is just being in his word every single day. It always puts you in a mind frame to be listening and thinking about and reading and finding what you can pull into yourself. And then how can I use that to be more like Jesus and to, and to feed his sheep, so to speak? So what about you? How do you view that following and how has it maybe changed your life when you found out that maybe it was more than just following or maybe you knew it long term? And you set up a great plan to move yourself forward. We'd love to hear it. Send us a voicemail or a text to 407-965-1607 or podcast at wholelife.church. I would love to read those comments next week. Or if you send me a voicemail, we'll play that or read the email, whichever, on next week's podcast. Final thoughts are from the closing to just message this past week. And as Jesus asks Peter for the final time, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jeff said, actually, he did. He saw everything as well. But now he's giving Peter the release from all that shame and establishing him again as a disciple because he will bring other followers to Christ. Feed my sheep. Bring them up to the high ground. Let them feast on the sweet grass of my words. You have no idea what you will do through me. And what a beautiful idea that is of sweet grass, of his words, and you have no idea what you'll do through me. And I think to myself all the time, what is he doing through me? And you see, but you see bits and pieces, and it makes you excited. And you know, it, it, in heaven, it'll be interesting to see what all he did through each of us. It'll be interesting. And Jeff, yeah, yeah, I want a cannoli. <laughs> I want a oh, real. Man. I want yeah. a real. I want a real one, I'm, Jeff. 
I'm telling you, you can't find them anywhere. Uh, I wish there is a spot in New York that I went to that had some pretty, 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 pretty good close. ones that resembled, <laughs> but you'll never get them unless you go there. That's yeah. that's that that's that grass. I'll yeah, check out Jeff's message, and you can do that by clicking on our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace, which comes out on Tuesday nights at eight around eight p.m. And you can check out his message where he describes the sweet grass <laughs> and the cannoli. And I was sitting on the front row. And I had to keep swallowing because there was I, it just it had me going, and I'm like, man, I love a good cannoli, but yeah. I probably don't love the real cannoli, and now I'm sure of it. So yeah, not until you taste them there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So don't miss that message this week coming up. What are we doing? It's another following bond. The, the last, yeah, it's the last part before uh, well, before church retreat actually. But oh, that's right. It's the last part. Um, uh, of the series, it's it's basically the follower, and uh, we're going to just talk about you know who who are the followers beyond the cross, and so it does it really puts it in the, in the spirit of the understanding of you know not only who am I to follow Jesus, but who do I allow alongside of me? You know Ooh. when we when we do this, I like so. that. All right. Well, you're yeah. not going to want to miss that. So catch Speaking of Grace. If you didn't catch the message, if you did and you missed the loop, don't forget to go check that out. I think you'll be blessed and you'll enjoy it. But as always, next Tuesday, we'll be back with Speaking of Grace and here for another edition. It'll be episode 255. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.